0: Chapter 21, verses 28 through 38. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 28 through 33. And when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable Behold, a fig tree, and all the trees, when they now shoot forth ye see and know of yourselves that summer is now nigh at hand so likewise ye when ye see these things come to pass know ye that the kingdom of god is nigh at hand verily i say unto you this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away gregory having in what has gone before spoken against the retrobate he now turns his words to the consolation of the elect, for it is added, When these things begin to be, look up, and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. As if he says, When the buffetings of the world multiply, lift up your heads, that is, rejoice in your hearts. For when the world closes, whose friends ye are not, the redemption is near which ye seek. For in holy scripture the head is often put for the mind, For as the members are ruled by the head, so are the thoughts regulated by the mind. To lift up our heads, then, is to raise up our minds to the joys of the heavenly country. Eusebius. Or else, to those that have passed through the body and bodily things, shall be present spiritually in heavenly bodies. That is, they will have no more to pass the kingdom of the world, and then to those that are worthy shall be given the promises of salvation. For having received the promises of God, which we look for, we who before were crooked shall be made upright, and we shall lift up our heads who were before bent low, because the redemption which we hope for is at hand, and namely for which the whole creation waiteth. Theophylact. That is, perfect liberty of body and soul. For as the first coming of our Lord was for the restoration of our souls, so will the second be manifest unto the restoration of our bodies. Eusebius, he speaks these things to his disciples, not as to those who would continue in this life to the end of the world, but as if uniting in one body of believers in Christ, both themselves and us in our posterity, even to the end of the world. Gregory, that the world ought to be trampled upon and despised, he proves by a wise comparison, adding, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now put forth fruit, ye know that summer is near. As if he says, As from the fruit of the tree the summer is perceived to be near, so from the fall of the world the kingdom of God is known to be at hand. Hereby it is manifested that the world's fall is our fruit. For hereunto it puts forth buds, that whomsoever it has fostered in the bud it may consume and slaughter. But well is the kingdom of God compared to summer, for then the clouds of our sorrow flee away, and the days of life brighten up under the clear light of the eternal sun. Ambrose, Matthew speaks of the fig tree only, Luke of all the trees, but the fig tree shadows forth two things, either the ripening of what is hard or the luxuriance of sin, that is, either that when the fruit bursts forth in all trees and the fruitful fig tree abounds, that is, when every tongue confesses God, even the Jewish people confessing him, we ought to hope for our Lord's coming, in which shall be gathered in, as at summer, the fruits of the resurrection, or when the man of sin shall clothe himself in his light and fickle boasting, as it were, the leaves of the synagogue, we must then suppose the judgment to be drawing near for the Lord hastens to reward faith, and to bring an end of sinning. Augustine But when he says, When ye shall see these things to come to pass, what can we understand but those things which were mentioned above? But among them we read, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming. When therefore this is seen, the kingdom of God is not yet, but nigh at hand. Or must we say, that we are not to understand all the things before mentioned, when he says, When ye shall see these things, etc., but only some of them, this, for example, being accepted, and then shall they see the Son of Man. But Matthew would plainly have it taken with no exception, for he says, And so ye, when ye see all these things, among which is the seeing the coming of the Son of Man, in order that it may be understood, of that coming whereby he now comes in his members as in clouds, or in the church as in a great cloud. Titus Bost, Or else he says the kingdom of God is at hand, meaning that when these things shall be, not yet shall all things come to their last end, but they shall be already tending towards it. For the very coming of our Lord itself casting out every principality and power, is the preparation for the kingdom of God. Eusebius, for as in this life when winter dies away and spring succeeds, the sun sending forth its warm rays cherishes and quickens the seeds hid in the ground, just laying aside their first form, and the young plants sprout forth, having put on different shades of green, so also the glorious coming of the only begotten of God, illuminating the new world with his quickening rays, shall bring forth into light from more excellent bodies than before the seeds that have been long hidden in the whole world, i.e., those who sleep in the dust of the earth, and having vanquished death, he shall reign from henceforth the life of the new world. Gregory But all the things before mentioned are confirmed with great certainty when he adds, Verily I say unto you, etc. He strongly commends that which he thus foretells. And if one may so speak, his oath is this, Amen I say unto you. Amen is by interpretation true. Therefore the truth says I tell you the truth. And though he spoke not thus, he could not by no means lie but by generation he means either the whole human race or especially the Jews. Eusebius, or by generation he means the new generation of his holy church, showing that the generation of the faithful would last up to that time, when it would see all things and embrace with its eyes the fulfillment of our Saviour's words. Theophilact, for because he had foretold that there should be commotions and wars and changes, both of the elements and in other things, Lest any one might suspect that Christianity itself also would perish, he adds, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. As if he said, though all things should be shaken, yet shall my faith fail not. Whereby he implies that he sets the church before the whole creation. The creation shall suffer change, but the church of the faithful and the words of the gospel shall abide forever. Gregory or else the heaven and earth shall pass away, etc. As if he says, All that with us seems lasting, does not abide to eternity without change, and all that with me seems to pass away, is held fixed and immovable. For my word which passes away utters sentences which remain unchangeable and abide forever. But by the heaven which shall pass away we must understand not the ethereal or the starry heaven, but the air from which the birds are named, of heaven. But if the earth shall pass away, how does Ecclesiastes state, The earth standeth forever? Plainly then, the heaven and earth, in the fashion which they now have, shall pass away, but in essence subsist eternally. Verses 34-36 through And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering, and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always, that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Theophylact Our Lord declared above the fearful and sensible signs of the evils which should overtake sinners, against which the only remedy is watching in prayer. As it is said, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time, etc. Basil, every animal has within itself certain instincts which it has received from God for the preservation of its own being. Wherefore Christ has also given us this warning, that when it comes to them by nature may be ours by the aid of reason and prudence, that we may flee from sin, as the brute creatures shun deadly food, but that we seek after righteousness, as they wholesome herbs. Therefore saith he, take heed to yourselves, that is, that you may distinguish the noxious from the wholesome. But since there are two ways of taking heed to ourselves, the one with the bodily eyes, the other by the faculties of the soul, and the bodily eye does not reach to virtue. It remains that we speak of the operations of the soul. Take heed, that is, look around you on all sides, keeping an ever watchful eye to the guardianship of your soul. He says not, take heed to your own, or to the things around, but to yourselves. For ye are mind and spirit, your body is only of sense. Around you are riches, arts, and all appendages of life. You must not mind these, but your soul of which you must take especial care. The same abomination tends both to the healing of the sick and the perfecting of those that are well, namely, such as are the guardians of the present, the providers of the future, not judging the actions of others, but strictly searching their own, not suffering the mind to be the slave of their passions, but subduing the irrational part of the soul to the rational. But the reason why we should take he, he adds as follows, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, etc. Titus Bost, as if he says, beware lest the eyes of your mind wax heavy, for the cares of this life and surfeiting and drunkenness scare away prudence, shatter and make shipwreck of faith. Clement of Alexandria, drunkenness is an excessive use of wine, crepula is the uneasiness and nausea attendant on drunkenness, a Greek word so called from the motion of the head, and a little below, and then we must partake of food, lest we suffer hunger, so also of drink lest we thirst, but with still greater care to avoid falling into excess, for the indulgence of wine is deceitful, and the soul when free from wine will be the wisest and best, but steeped in the fumes of wine is lost as in a cloud. Basil, but carefulness or the care of this life, although it seems to have nothing unlawful in it, nevertheless it, conduce not to religion, must be avoided. And the reason why he said this, he shows by what comes next. And so that day come upon you unawares. Theophilact, for that day will not come when men are expecting it, but unlooked for and by stealth, taking as a snare those who are unwary. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that sit upon the face of the earth. But this we may diligently keep far from us, for that day will take those that sit on the face of the earth, as the unthinking and slothful, but as many as are prompt and active in the way of good, not sitting and loitering on the ground, but rising from it, saying to themselves, Rise up, be gone, for here there is no rest for thee. To such that day is not as a perilous snare, but a day of rejoicing. Eusebius, he taught them therefore to take heed unto the things we have just mentioned before, lest they fall into the indolence resulting therefrom. Hence it follows, watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be counted worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass. Theophylact, namely hunger, pestilence, and such like, which for a time only threaten the elect and others, and those things also which are hereafter the lot of the guilty forever. For these we can in no wise escape, save by watching in prayer. Augustine, this is supposed to be that flight which Matthew mentions, which must not be in the winter or on the Sabbath day. To the winter belong the cares of this life, which are mournful as the winter, but to the Sabbath, surfeiting and drunkenness, which drowns and buries the heart in carnal luxury and delight, since on that day the Jews are immersed in worldly pleasures, while they that are lost to a spiritual Sabbath. Theophylact, And because the Christian needs not only to flee evil, but to strive to obtain glory, he adds, and to stand before the Son of Man. For this is the glory of angels, to stand before the Son of Man, our God, and always to behold his face. Bede. Now supposing a physician should bid us beware of the juice of a certain herb, lest a sudden death overtake us, we should most earnestly attend to his command. But when our Savior warns us to shun drunkenness and surfeiting and the cares of this world, men have no fear of being wounded and destroyed by them. For the faith which they put in the caution of the physician they disdain to give the words of God. Verses 37 through 38. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple, for to hear him. Bede. What our Lord commanded in words he confirms by his example. For he who bids us watch and pray before the coming of the judge and the uncertain end of each of us, as the time of his passion drew near, is himself instant in teaching, watching, and prayer. As it is said, and in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, whereby he conveys by his own example that it is a thing worthy of God to watch, or by word and deed to point out the way of truth to our neighbor. But what were the things he taught unless such as transcended the worship of the law. Theophilact. Now the evangelists are silent as to the greater part of Christ's teaching, for whereas he preached for the space of nearly three years, all the teaching which they have written down would scarcely, one might say, suffice for the discourse of a single day. For out of a great many things, extracting a few, they have given only a taste, as it were, of the sweetness of his teaching but our Lord here instructs us that we ought to address God at night and in silence, but in the daytime to be doing good to men, and to gather indeed at night, but in the day distribute what we have gathered. As it is added, and at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called Olivet. Not that he had need of prayer, but he did this for our example. Cyril, but because his speech was with power and with authority, he applied to spiritual worship the things which had been delivered in figures by Moses and the prophets. The people heard him gladly, as it follows, and the whole people made haste to come early to hear him in the temple. But the people who came to him before light might with fitness say, O God, my God, early do I wait upon thee. Bede. Now mystically we also, when amid our prosperity, we behave ourselves soberly and piously and honestly, Teach by the daytime in the temple, for we hold up to the faithful the model of a good work, but at night we abide on Mount Olivet, when in the darkness of anguish we are refreshed with spiritual consolation. And to us also the people come early in the morning, when either having shaken off the works of darkness, or scattered all the clouds of sorrow, they follow our example. End of chapter 21